everybody, and welcome back to Nobody Listens to Me Anyway, my podcast where I talk about whatever I want, whenever I want, and with whoever I want. Today, I'm going to be talking about horror stuff in relation to the fact that Halloween is coming up, and I decided we'd do a more fun, light-hearted topic? Whatever. It's fine. Um, a light-hearted topic, I guess we should say, even though we're going to be talking about villains today. I have a special guest with me today named Horror Queen Cosplay. They are a Twitch streamer, cosplayer extraordinaire. They build all of their own cosplays. They have competed in numerous competitions and have created over 200 cosplays and participate in creating charity streams every December for the American Heart Association. So if you want to follow them and check them out for especially December months to help donate and participate in the American Heart Association, that would be a wonderful, wonderful contribution. I will have all of their social medias linked down in the description below when the podcast is posted, as well as mine, if you're not following me, which would be really sad because I'm cool. And so are they. So, you know, that's really tragic. Um, but welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this is going to be my first podcast featuring video content. So if you'd like to vid video, if you if you like watching videos, mm -hmm, as well as listening to them, you can check that out. The video will definitely be posted on YouTube and I should be able to post it on the other sites that this podcast is available on as well, which is Spotify, Apple Music and Amazon. And um, that's pretty much the normal gist, I guess. If you haven't checked out the podcast before, please go ahead and do so. All of the other episodes will be in the playlist here. But we're going to be talking about horror and villains today. So this may include things like what is the best villain, video game, TV show. This may include what is the scariest moment you've ever experienced while watching a TV show, playing a video game, watching a movie, or honorable mentions of just funny villains or creative villains by developers that you just didn't see coming. We will do our best to discuss known villains, but as the conversation carries on, there may be some game story spoilers along the way. So if you really don't want to hear about any spoilers, sorry, that's on you. But I'm sure most of these things that we're going to talk about have been out for years. So if you haven't watched the movie, seen the game yet, then that's on you, not me. Come on. But welcome in to my friend Horror Queen Cosplay, who I actually had the chance to meet a few years ago. We bonded through our love for Borderlands and ended up cosplaying both Sirens from the Borderlands 2. I was Borderlands 2. She was Borderlands 3. And we met at New York. New York. Comic-Con. Why did I forget the name of that? New York Comic-Con. And we ended up on all sorts of newspapers and articles, and we got a lot of attention for it. It was a very, very fun time. But welcome in. How are you doing today? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I super duper appreciate it. I'm doing very well, and I hope you are too. Never. Never doing well. <laughs> well, Get ready because I'm ready to just unload. Oh no. My love of horror and villains. But speaking of horror and villains, we are going to be doing another collaboration shoot coming up for Senua. If you don't know Senua Sacrifice Hellblade, I have a cosplay that I'm very passionate about. It took me a very long time to build. I have built the Senua cosplay and they are building the Val Raven. Val Raven yeah, cosplay. Val Raven. And we're going to be doing a collaboration shoot very soon so i'm very excited about that and speaking of video game villains val raven fabulous hellblade the whole i mean i don't know if anyone's considered not a villain in that game but i mean i just i love val raven especially because <sighs> i just his style he's a spooky bird boy that screams aggressively and his particular area where you're dealing with the illusions and playing around with puzzles was just Oh, he so stand good. out to me in the entire game, and he typically is one of the first two. He is the one of the first two villains that you can mm -hmm. pick when you pick him first or second. So he's a great introduction to the game, and to me, is far more compelling as a villain than his counterpart, Suter. Um, Suter, Suter, however you want to pronounce that. Uh, is that the fire play. one? Yeah, that one isn't it's as okay. memorable as Val Ravens, and I felt like Val Raven was far more personable to. Senwa's journey. That, that fight was. was so frustrating, though. <laughs> it, 
if you missed one of those timed attacks, you were oh, yeah. done. I was so happy that that fight had checkpoints in it because I was losing my marbles fighting that one. But that was one of my favorite fights of the whole game. The whole mm -hmm. arena that you battle in is so gorgeous and you have to like work so hard to get to him. And uh, his character design is absolutely top notch. And he does something that I really, really love to see in especially video games, which is when you can see the villain like kind of off in the distance. So you're just kind of sitting there getting a little bit spooked out like, okay, is he going to come for me? Is he not? Like, I don't, it's, and then you would like pass a tree and suddenly it's a scarecrow. Like the, the change of perspective was always super cool from a, just a game design alone. If you haven't played Zenua's Sacrifice yet, it is a wonderful masterpiece of a game. However, it does mm -hmm. have a lot of triggering elements, so please beware when going to play that one. It touches on a lot of mental illness and diseases and touches into schizophrenia and has a lot of surround sound with voices. So while it is one of our personal favorites, do be careful with playing that one. Uh, the whole mm -hmm. game is very dark, very atmospheric, and very emotional but absolutely worth it if you can manage that kind of content. And we've got a sequel coming up too, so I'm very excited for that sequel. Like, oh. <laughs> you know your girl's already prepping to figure out how she can alter her Senua cosplay to get the next one in. Luckily, from the promos, it doesn't look like it's too much work. I need to make a new headband, and it looks like I need an overcoat for the already existing outfit. So I'm like, fabulous, and I'm really happy they didn't change her hairstyle because that wig alone took me three months to dreadlock. I hand dreadlocked that wig. I have never known a Senwa who has not suffered because of those dreadlocks. It, I did. I, oh. I am Caucasian as it comes. I am Polish, Czechoslovakian, and Irish. If you think I have any idea how to dreadlock hair, and not only to do uh, authentic or ethnically correct African-American style dreadlocking, but it's more of a viking style messy type of dreadlock so i had to look up these i watched hundreds of dreadlocking tutorials featuring like braiding and doing the wrapping and i was like that's not exactly the style and it's more of like a rip and tear type of dreadlock and each dreadlock would take me like 30 minutes to do and just gave me carpal tunnel while doing it so uh, i will never touch that wig again and if it ever gets messed up i'm i'm gonna cry it's my prized possession and it's a wig and it just sits in my room <laughs> Valid. And it's Valid. the heaviest thing you can put on your head. That's always the worst when you spend all of this time putting together a costume and then it's just, it's a nightmare and you're just sitting there going, you know what, I understand why this game character just struggled the whole time. Her head hurt the whole time. When I put it on, I have to put in at least 20 bobby pins to keep that thing from moving at all because not only is it just heavy but it's so focused because in a ponytail so it's just like i want to slide off the back of your head so you have to pin that thing down and it is excruciating once it's on it's not going anywhere oh yeah i have the reverse with Va robin's uh face piece it was 3d printed by a very good friend of mine who goes by mostly practical works on etsy he does like custom 3d printing and it be because he's got a beak it's a little heavy and i did a test video shoot of him recently and just every once in a while i had to be like okay are we in between takes let me just shlup my face back up so i have to do a lot of readjustments right now to get everything to lay in a way that does not down and so and it has a workable jaw too so i'm like oh i gotta readjust this to make it sure it has that... a workable jaw yeah we have to i have to play around a little bit with it to for how it's gonna lay on my head but if i can get this workable jaw laying right it will i will be able to scrim oh we're gonna have some epic fight scenes yes, yes absolutely but considering that we originally bonded over borderlands and we have to obviously give credit where credit is due to one of the greatest, if not the greatest, video game villain ever created in history, Handsome Jack. Oh, absolutely. And if you ever disagree... He's so well constructed as a villain, so well written. I mean, there's a... It's... That's not news. That's nothing... That's not a bold comment. No. When I first played that game, 
I was just in awe of the way they wrote his character. He's so charismatic in a way that's not necessarily like, I don't want to say sexualized because sometimes horror villains can be fetishized and sexualized and no shame towards that. But people are like, ooh, it's hot and sexy. But like, he's so charismatic in a way that you're like, I get what he's saying, but good God, he's terrifying. Like everything he says is just with such grit and sass that you're on edge the whole time, but yet you can't stop listening to him. There's something really good with like his underlying story. And when you first meet him, you're like, oh, ha ha, he's so funny. He's talking about salty pretzels and a horse named Butt Stallion. Ha ha. But then you start to get to know him and you're like, oh, he's a bit of a genocidal maniac. Yes! Okay. But, you know, like, since when, when has, you know, a man killing somebody ever stopped any of us from, you know, listen, I'm okay with... A little crush. A little crush. Me, you know, like... We all can have a little but crush. Then, but then when what happens with his daughter angel occurs in the game that is such a good flip switch and i love angel she's like my personal favorite <sighs> from the entire franchise and you just you start to see the ha-has really it's like they're gone and the again the more you find out about his backstory and he's that perfect or not maybe not original but like the best example of the villain who truly thinks he's the hero and that is yes. part of what is so terrifying about him not that every villain thinks that they're a villain but he really like that is his shtick like. he's so in his head that you almost believe him you're mm. like yeah he could be but he's so scared but he could be but he's a murderer but he oh, could be and you're like no he's psycho he's literally crazy and i'm sitting here going huh hmm no i shouldn't be feeling off. this way he really threw me off when i first started playing borderlands 2 because i got into the franchise right before the pre-sequel came out and i very specifically not to be like i gotta have a first school no i'm just like pointing out this was i the pre-sequel never existed, which was his origin story, so I didn't have any of those spoilers to go off yeah. of. I played Borderlands 1, fell in love, and was like, all right, let's check out Borderlands 2. And the whole the whole message throughout Borderlands 1 is like, you're this chosen one, you're this special, like, you know, it's that kind of very typical, you're like, yeah, I'm a hero, no, no jokes about it. But then all of a sudden you hit 2, and he's calling you a band, and he's calling you evil, and like that, like, actually threw me for a bit of, I was like, well, wait, that's... I thought the Vault Hunters were, like, the good guys. Like, it kind of threw me off a bit, and I think some of the best villains do that in an interactive media like video games. When he snaps towards the end and his true psychosis comes out and you're like, oh, no, he's not a good guy, never mind, this is all in my head. Because <laughs> you, there's times where he's so charming and you're like, oh. Maybe I'm on Jack's. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. He's crazy. He's actually crazy. He's, oh boy. Did he kill? Oh boy. Okay. Um, what did he do to his daughter? Okay. This is fine. Especially in the pre-sequel one, you see him before he becomes a villain and he's got such grand ideas of helping people and being good. And you're like, oh, we're helping him. Yeah. Like, obviously I'm going to be signing with him, but then. You, again, you start to see those cracks start to form, and you're like, "Oh, this is where it starts." If this, it was always him. He just was given multiple opportunities to really become shitty, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah, no. The very oh. end of the pre-sequel, where he gets these, like the reason why he wears that mask, and you see him like fully snap, and you just get the symbol marked on his face, and him just shatter. You're like, this is this makes sense. I get it now. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> and I want to run. He, they really took the time to not just put a villain in a game but to give him a reason and a story now i love the entire borderlands franchise we both do and i definitely appreciate and love borderlands 3 it's very well done very fun game and i really do appreciate the eclipso twins i have no issues with them but i just feel like 
the way that Jack was developed versus the Calypsos just simply was like they worked for Jack. They wanted him to get into your brain and to never mm-hmm. leave. And the fact that he gets featured in not only the pre-sequel where you get his origin story, but then he shows up in Tales from the Borderlands, and then he shows back up in Borderlands 3 as the uh, Moxie's heist for the handsome jackpot. You're like, this man was so well-developed, you can't leave him, and he will never leave your brain. And you're like, that is a villain that was written to stay with you for life i i do love i do have a personal love for the calypso oh absolutely i I think they're so fun i cosplay troy he's my he's my little rat boy i love him i i just i think the calypso twins were always going to struggle because jack was so well developed and the whole events of borderlands one pretty much all of the events of borderlands one franchise has revolved around jack so when you hit three you're like well where do we go from here so you know jack was even kind of sort of being developed and hinted at in one so they they never had that Mm -hmm. i still thought they were fun i felt it was a little sad this always makes me sad maybe it's just me but i always find it really sad whenever you have a really great like collection of villains or like a girl group like in um the original the craft and then the whole point of the story or the whole like core of what goes down with that like collection of villains or that duo or whatever is them hating each other or them event like Tyreen really did not care when Troy went. And mm-hmm. I kind of really would have loved to have seen more of like uh let's like because I feel like if they had gotten a storyline focus on them really caring about each other, yeah. It could have it could have really elevated their story. Not that I don't like hate again their portrayal like yeah. i can understand the choices that they made because by making tyreen hate troy so much it actually made troy far more interesting of a character and i agree far more sympathetic and one of the reasons why i don't hate him for killing off another one of my favorite characters ever so <sighs> r.i.p <clears throat> still stings <laughs> Still Still sings, man. I'm still. I screamed. I I screamed. I'm so So loud. Finished that game before New York Comic Con because I the amount of people that came up to me talking to me about that specific spoiler, I was like, God, imagine. Imagine if I didn't know. Oh, that would have been so awful. (sighs) Yeah, I had I had one guy come up to me and say, "I killed Troy for you," and in my head, I'm like. She no, victim too. they're all victims. And that like makes a good that's a good example of a villain who in of a in of their own way, while being terrible, was originally kind of a victim. That wasn't like a black and white villain thing mm-hmm. with him, especially with Tyreen. Well, yeah, yeah. What I, other villains are victimized do you i mean i love me a good girl becomes monster kind of story like carrie where she is both Mm. victim and monster or ginger snaps i love ginger snaps it's a werewolf movie and it it kind of it play it's like jennifer's body you know and jennifer's body is another good example Mm -hmm. of she's a victim but she's also the monster of the story and jennifer's body kind of sort of it it pairs the idea of, um, you know, girls going through puberty, womanhood, but then pairs it with werewolfism. Mm-hmm. And their take on werewolves was very unique rather than just like you transform once every moon and you go back to it. It is a long process over the course of the month. And once you're at, once you're at the end of it, you're a wolf forever. <laughs> so it has that body horror aspect to it. But the, the char- titular character, Ginger, she gets attacked by a werewolf. Unfortunately, on the night of her first moon cycle, lady oh. time, that's what drew the werewolf. Oh, no. I am so very she's... partial to a, a woman, like, snapping and becoming the villain. I, oh, it's so empowering to me. I, I really love the crazy women that just become villains. Um, even, oh, man, I just had a game or movie in mind. Oh, goodness. What was it? I will say, though, Carrie is still my favorite Stephen King story out there. It was the first one he ever wrote. 
it's still so good. Now, she wouldn't be considered a fountain. It's not considered a villain necessarily, but um, yeah, if anyone's ever... If everyone's anyone's ever watched the TV show The 100, I was one of my favorite fav TV shows. My favorite character is Octavia. She is so well written and so well developed, and she's this fun girl who kind of just wants to live life and get off the ship and be fun. But eventually, she starts to become an actual badass and develops so much strength that it's actually terrifying. And towards the end because she watches the, her love of her life get shot and sh her brother and everything starts to collapse around her, she snaps and she becomes not quite a villain, but she goes crazy and she becomes the leader. And they call her, I think, like the blood queen. And they end up like literally having to at one point resort to a year of cannibalism. And it's, it's a seriously tough part. And she just becomes a badass and i'm like i love when a woman gets overpowered for no reason at all it's a good for her story and if i had known that about the 100 i definitely would have started watching it sooner i'm gonna just like casually put that on my to watch list mm -hmm. very casually i'm like you had me at blood queen and can't, you know, like, uh. The cannibalism is a spoiler, but if you've watched vi shows before, you'll you'll know what they're talking about. Because at one point they talk about the, there's like the the dark year and they don't want to, they don't want to talk about what happened during the dark year. And you're like, you're like, it's pretty obvious what happened during the dark year. They're like, we did what we had to do to survive. And I'm like, so you ate people. And then they eventually go, we had to eat people and I'm like, wow, that was so wealthy and but it, it's a good show. My friend a long time ago was the reason she was like, you should watch it. You should watch it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was like really sad one day. So I started watching it. And I was like, oh, this is not what I thought it was. And this is dark, <laughs> but it's so juicy. I cried through the whole Ooh. show and screen. It was a good show. Long show. Good show. Mm -hmm. A lot of people mm -hmm. didn't like the way it ended. Uh, I thought it was fine. It felt a little bit rushed because they were trying to get to the end, but I personally was okay with the way that it ended. I was like, you know what? They deserve some sort of semblance of happiness after the how many seasons of... <sighs> they went through and lots of death. The 100 ended up being like five, so it wasn't... It, they deserved it, but I do love a good... Do love a good victimized villain and a good woman to crazy villain mm -hmm. but then there's oh, some absolutely. villains that are just villains <laughs> and oh, yeah. they are they don't have any good reason so in my personal opinion i have two villains in my life that i am genuinely terrified of and i've never been able to reconcile this there's no redeeming qualities to these two people and i've had nightmares about them one of them is homelander from the boys he oh, scares me so he is so unhinged and of course overpowered that it's like if he were to scare you he would li quite literally rip you limb from limb and then like laugh in your face about it uh, he scares me so intensely i think it was season two where i was like oh oh hell no this man is the scariest thing i've ever seen but my personal opinion to a villain even scarier than that and now this one's just me because this particular villain is not overpowered he's not unrealistic he's very human he's just unhinged and you're like oh this could be literally anyone walking down the street ramsey bolton from game of thrones he Valid. scares me to my core mm -hmm. because he's so real there's nothing like he's not rich he's not born and he doesn't have power he's just human and terrifying i had nightmares for months watching the ramsey bolton scenes oh, oh my body valid. is so uncomfortable thinking about ramsey bolton 
he scares me to my core and anyone who like i saw a tiktok recently that was doing like the smasher pass audio to the markiplier like with him doing the pokemon stuff and they did it to game of thrones things and like ramsey bolton came on screen and someone was like hmm smash and i was like i would i would rather i would rather i would rather just i would rather die i can't i can't even think about joking that like ooh, ramsey bolton's hot like he's so scary he's not even like one of those fun villains you can be like ah chase me pyramid head no ramsey bolton is so scary he's so scary he'll just set his dogs on you because he felt like it and it was fun and then he'll end up and here's some trigger warning language and then he'll just rape you yeah and then feed you to the dogs afterwards again and you're like no fucking thanks no, no, thank you. It's not this I'm Homelander good. guy where you're never actually going to see somebody with those superpowers. It's just some psychotic dude who tortured a man and cut his balls off because he felt like it. No, that's no thanks. Absolutely valid. No thanks. <laughs> to be honest, to pair off with that, Joe from you. Oh my me. gosh! So, okay, so here's here's also a little bit of backstory. So I yes. like to read novels. I love to especially read the novel version of something when like they announce that it's gonna be a show. Or... Yes, so I'm there. I the novel version of you, and I can say, as a woman, as, you know, as a cisgender woman, the first like page has my skin crawling. You just, it is not a love story no it is somewhat of a disservice that they actually did cast such an attractive actor and that they made him sympathetic in the show by adding in this child and like downplaying a lot and like taking out a lot of the extra shitty stuff he did in the novel it's just because it's it's a story it's a horror story written from the monster's perspective who thinks that he is a hundred percent right and there are men who are like this and it is I just sat there and I was mm. like, I'm so happy I don't live in New York City. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I'm scared because usually I- I'm a huge like slasher fan. I, lo- I love a lot of horror stuff. And like usually whenever I think favorite villains, they're ones that I'm like, smash. Yeah. Or I'm not as like scared of the stuff that really, really squicks me other than like Joe from you. The stuff that really squicks me is usually like body horror ghosts and the devil like i cannot watch insidious i know i call myself horror queen but i cannot handle Mm-mm. anything with ghosts or the devil i i can't watch insidious i can't watch any ghost related like movie because it just like the the problem is is the visual gets burned into my brain the first yes i've ever played until dawn which is not ghosts or devil yes i was scared of, of that game design, yeah the visual the monster design while impeccable in terms of a monster design i couldn't sleep mm-hmm. I, I've only played like the first mission in Mortuary Assistant and I announced nope. on stream. And to be honest, I'm a little scared to play more of it <laughs> because the I just watched people play that one. Demon, I couldn't handle it. The demon in that game looks like my sleep paralysis demon that I see at 2 a.m. No! So like, no! Because <laughs> like sometimes my brain will really play tricks on me <clears throat> at night. And you know, especially if I watch a horror movie, for example, Hereditary, there's a Hereditary scares me a lot more because it does a lot of things that plays with your eye that my brain does to me on a normal basis. Like you have a figure standing in a dark closet and like you can just barely make it out. Smile did this too. And I absolutely love Smile. The creature design at the end of Smile was absolutely impeccable. Please go see Smile. But with Hereditary, no, there's one... There's one, it's really good, trust me, but there's one sequence in Hereditary where Tony Collette is like crouched like in the corner of the ceiling and you you see her from behind, like you're looking at one of the characters and you see her behind and up in the corner of the ceiling. So he doesn't see she's there. And that, I like looked at that and I was like, huh, that's mildly disturbing. And like went to bed, totally sleep deprived, woke up at 2 a.m. was like, oh, hey, Tony Collette. Like, <laughs> like, this is what my brain like does to me. It like plays tricks on the corner. So stuff like Ghost no. the Devil, I don't know how to defend myself. I know Michael Myers isn't going to come bursting down my door because I lock my doors. But a demon or a ghost or something like that that plays with your head 
Ooh, and like just the the whole body horror thing, like also it just makes my tummy funky. Like I can't watch Hellraiser or Texas Chainsaw Massacre despite being absolute classics and really great villains and slashers because my tum tum doesn't like <laughs> I watched a single Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh I think I hid behind a pillow most of the time. Oh, valid. Valid. Well, actually, yeah, I did see one. I also, in high school, got tricked to go to the movie theater, and I thought we oh, were no. seeing a different movie, and instead they made me watch Saw in 3D. Oh, wait. Was so that, if that, you're... Was, was that seven? Was that I seven? don't know. It's the one where they end up putting the hooks in his pecs, and he, like, falls. Yeah, I still I still think about that scene, oh, and seven. I have nightmares about it to this day. I, I am 26. I love Saw. That was 10 wrong. years ago. <laughs> I can't handle body horror, but I love the Saw franchise. I actually did a stream a really long time ago where I debated whether or not you can consider the Saw film slash Jigsaw feminist mm. or an equal opportunity killer because a lot of horror, you know, series, especially for films, they, you know, tend to punish the women a little bit more than the men or things like that. So, and it's such a long running franchise. It Really, there's no right answer. Literally, you can mm -hmm. make an argument for both ways and that's part of the joy of it. It's like a rabbit hole. But I love the Saw franchise for specifically sewing purposes. Mm. I will watch those movies while I sew, and I'll run my really loud machines during all the gross parts, and then I take five-minute breaks for the five minutes of plots about why these three guys who all look alike seem really confused. That makes uh, sense. Amanda is is a fantastic character. She's introduced as a victim in one. Sorry, it's a spoiler that she is an apprentice of Jigsaw in two. The writing for her went off the out the window past two. If you want to get into Saw, the first two are really the best. Mm -hmm. But it's it's an interesting franchise. But again, body horror. So if you can't handle body stuff horror, like yeah. that, be warned. Oh, like there's some body horror like um, the Tusk couldn't eat for a week after Tusk. Oh. Could not eat for a week. I'm mildly opposed to body horror. There's some that I can't handle. What I'm really opposed to is like, I don't want to call it childish horror, but like anything mm. that involves like feces, vomit, Ooh. yeah, um, and stuff like that. Or Ooh. like that's why I have a hard time watching the um, Scream movies. Oh, really? The aren't that the parody ones? Oh, no, not Scream. Yeah. Um. Ones with, like, Matthew Dillard. Oh, my gosh, with, like, Shaggy. I can't remember the names. Oh, yeah, he's in one. Uh, yeah, Matthew Lillard is... Matthew uh, Lillard? Dillard? Is it Scream? Yeah, Matthew... Yeah, Matthew Lillard is in Scream 1. He has a masked cameo in the most recent one. I have a hard time with those movies um, simply but... because of the type of horror they put into it. And it's, like, very... It's not necessarily body horror, but it's just grotesque to me. And I'm like... Like, it's skeevish. Not with Ghostface. No, no, those are the Scream series. I'm thinking the, of the parody like, ones. Oh, no, yeah, Scary Movie. Scary Movie, watch. that's the ones that I'm thinking of. I don't scary. know as many horror movies because I'm a big baby potato. I watch a lot of scary shows and I watch a lot of play scary games, but when it comes to movies, I'm like, I'm gone. I'm a thriller girl. I love a good thriller, even if it involves, like, murder and, you know, you, this, like, I can't. like the original Scream. I could probably do Scream. Love, I'm thinking of Scary Movie. I love the original Scream franchise. Ghostface is my favorite slasher. And the thing about Scream, Scream to me is w one of the best ways to get into slashers and get into horror movies. It's how I have introduced friends, my my current, my boyfriend, who are not horror people at all. Because it's it's a lot like a mystery. You're you know you're thinking the whole time, who's the killer? Who's the killer? It's always somebody different. So there's kind I of love mysteries about that. If you like those thriller mysteries, it's really fun. And it was initially created by Wes Craven, who created Nightmare on Elm Street, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to be like the parody kind of like it was supposed to critique slashers, but then became a classic slasher. And the most recent one that came out, oh man, it took me on a roller coaster. <laughs> David Arquette is just an amazing actor, and he's also in The Quarry, which was, I really liked that game. He oh, was that was a fabulous game. I just, I saw this, I was like, I'm going to play any game that Supermassive puts out. I love Supermassive games, every game that they put out. And then the second I saw David Arquette, I'm like, thank you. So good. A scream is a good, good 
kind of intro to horror and slashers, the same thing about Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day is a comedic slasher. Think Groundhog Day, but slasher. Mm-hmm. So that one's really fun. And you could also say Freaky with Vince Vaughn, which is by the same people who do Happy Death Day. I will say as like maybe a trigger warning a little bit. I will say the kills in Freaky, a couple of them had me like flinching. They there was there was one that I with a wine bottle that I just went, oh my god, props to the special effects team, but oh my god. What's, what's one kill in a movie or TV show that had you absolutely rage? Mine was from, actually again, Game of Thrones, the fight between Viper and the Mountain, when Mountain puts his fingers i'm a very 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 squeamish when it comes to eye horror so anything going in an eyeball or anything has me rolling um when the mountain spoiler alert grabs viper's head and squeezes his head through his eyes and pops his skull open i screamed so loud the neighbors came over my parents were like clocky and I my sister was downstairs I screamed and I could not eat for like a week and the fact that they just pop his skull open I was nauseous I, I honestly can't pick one because I consume so much horror content it's really hard but there's certainly certain movies that I'll say oh yeah that one had me jumping like the there with freaky the wine bottle gets like jammed down someone's throat and it's like oh like, no incredible and it, it yeah like, no oh, that's, a good one. that's great ends, <laughs> halloween ends i won't spoil because it's still in theaters had had a kill that had me go okay all right all right that that happened i think i'm more troubled in kills when they're suicide related or because like yeah the eye horror like always scares me the the neck also will get mm, me too mm-hmm. the neck and it's the such eyes a small sensitive area that like just attacking mm-hmm. your neck you're like oh, i'm gonna Ooh. wear armor for the rest of my life i think like i it's just so it's like it's hard for me to pick one but there was a suicide in halloween kills that i was like i'm not happy about this this doesn't make me happy and in midsummer, the uh, ceremony with the elders, I like can't watch it because, I mean, you you see them, you see one go off the cliff and they're dead. You see the second one go off the cliff and they hit it funky and don't immediately die, and then they have to get bludgeoned to death in the face, and you visually watch the hammer hit the face, and it's brutal oh no is an amazing filmmaker midsummer is a fantastic movie i love it it's it's a good movie that one person put this in a great um example of it brainwashes the audience it makes you as the audience member think that this cult is good just like how the main character is getting brainwashed in reality it's a terrible cult, mm-hmm. but it's still a beautiful film, and it's just visually stunning, and I'm still salty that the Oscars hates horror because Florence Pugh should have won Best Actress. They should have won Best Cinematography. Amazing film, but that that's a kill that like I still can't watch because some of them, once I know they're going to happen, like I every time I rewatch Freaky, I can rewatch the bottle scene because I know it's coming. Yeah. But Midsommar, I, I, I've watched it a million times. I can't watch that that jump scene i can't do it Uh -uh. it's upsetting oh there's also a scene where they um did the viking butterfly angel wing form of torture that is in hellblade senwa sacrifice and again i just i'm like i can't look at that he's still alive but i still i can't look at that Mm it's a little body horror that i'm just like no No, thanks see you mentioned having trouble with um mortuary assistant which i also did not play i watched other people play because it was freaky i also have not played the amnesia series but i've watched that one and also could not finish watching that one because it scared me so so intensely however a particular video game that i have played through that scared me to my core was resident evil village and not particularly the whole game um i absolutely loved the game if you have not had a chance to play it masterpiece so much fun well written characters everything 
I wouldn't even call it grotesque horror. I wouldn't even call it body horror. I don't know what it is, but during the second villain that you fight, which is um, the doll maker. Yeah, uh, Donna Beneviento and Angie the doll. Uh, when you do that fight oh. and you get into the basement, doll, I was yeah, like, I it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But the second the baby the baby comes out um there's actually a 10 minute clip pinned to my um twitch channel of how scared that i genuinely got that you actually see my eyes glaze over and i blacked out for the next 10 minutes on stream in genuine fear of that baby screaming and i was like almost sobbing and then eventually once you get out of the basement you fight the doll and i was apparently a complete sociopath because i was just cursing and screaming and i was like this fucking doll you're gonna get this now who's crazy now who's crazy now it's you it's me i'm gonna kill you and then like as soon as it was over i was like hi everybody how was chat and everyone's like what the hell happened clocky and i was like i got so scared of that baby that it set this vile instinct off in me that i just went completely dormant and I, my fight or flight came out and i was like i'm blacking out i'm blacked out i don't see anything like my eyes were dead there was nothing left in my body Oh, that's fair. I I struggled too because I played. I streamed. So scary. Now, like I literally took a day off of work and streamed it. And so yeah, no, scary. I think his they um they call some of the voice one of the voice actors named him Jimmy. If that makes you feel better, his name is Jimmy. Don't say Jimmy because that makes me think of the the game the uh, the hotel game. Oh yeah, where it's like filmed with like real camera yeah, and in the. And Jimmy coming through the hallway, another villain that's... I watched Markiplier scare it, and at one point, I almost peed my pants because he, like, busted in the door, and Mark's like, oh, I got away with it, and then Jimmy just comes back and rips you out of the closet and, like, beats you, and I was like, I'm so fucking scared, <laughs> and I'm not playing. You know what game will probably mess you up? Madison. <laughs> I can't. I can't. So me with when it comes to horror games i am an absolute baby when it comes to horror i'll say this as horror queen cosplay i call myself horror queen because i like spooky things and frilly dresses but horror can make me genuinely terrified especially as a video game because it's such a you know you have to interact with it like yes, it doesn't it doesn't pretend it won't continue if you don't so you're just like exactly. this is really scary and it's probably going to get scarier but there's nothing i can do but keep going <laughs> It's terrifying. And but my thing is with a lot of horror games is that especially if they're longer horror games that go over four hours, go over six hours, I become a little desensitized to it. Yes. So I, I definitely found with the Outlast series, I was a little scared at first. But then it just I was like, oh, you're just doing shock horror over and over again. Plus, I don't like the I always struggle with horror that takes place in mental asylums because I'm like, that's such a tricky thing and has such a long history. It doesn't I agree. Make me happy. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the Outlast series. I yeah. think they are amazing horror games and they have some interesting characters out of them but i just found i became desensitized i wasn't as terrified even with alien isolation like oh i was terrified through all of alien isolation despite loving the xenomorph she's my waifu for life um <laughs> and that with all seriousness and but i felt much better as soon as i get a weapon like anything mm, where yes. they give you a weapon i'm like oh i like, i had no problem with bioshock because i was like i got a gun and a wrench i'm good to go but with madison i never felt comfortable like mm -hmm. yes they rely on a lot of jump scares but i just never felt comfortable and the final villain boss of the game is his name is blue knees and it's <laughs> just upsetting he has a song that like even my boyfriend and i will like sometimes we'll like walk around and like sing it out loud like it just is stuck in your head it's just it, it i just i was never able to relax with madison and to me 
that is a mark of a really mm-hmm. good horror game. You know, there's there's criticisms to be said about the story, but I think it's a great example of possession horror. Yes. And using the video game medium well. And, like, there's one jump scare that I think I pinned on my Twitch channel where it comes at you, and I flinched and, like, was grasping at my neck. Like, that was oh. my automatic reaction, was, like, to clutch at my neck because I thought she was going to grab my neck. Like, it... <laughs> Yeah, that is actually a very good point, though. When it comes to movies and games, the desensitization that can happen, and that does definitely put into perspective of, like, what is a good horror game? And sure, the story may be fantastic, but you can get numbed to the fact that it was a scary Mm -hmm. game because there's plenty of games that i will stream and the first day i stream it i'm like a scared child i'm Mm -hmm. jumping and i'm freaking out and then the next day i go to stream it i'm like okay so up here's the jump scare hi and so we're gonna go through the door up there's the big guy smash 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 okay it's like very interesting because that is a very 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 important conversation like horror games can be good story-wise but something is very important about the way that they continue to develop the horror instead of just Mm -hmm. settling into the fact that it's like these zombies will jump at you and it's like great Mm -hmm. got it but the fact that like when a horror especially this comes into the conversation back with like handsome jack it's a villain that starts maybe slow and then it gets into your brain and it gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse and instead of you just going like oh he's just gonna jump at me you're just like he's in my head Mm -hmm. it's in there and now i can't sleep because it's just constantly getting more vile and you're like oh i'm not getting comfortable i don't feel like i can just play this game casually i feel very attacked right now and i want to run oh absolutely a mark of a good villain is not just one that's a good mirror or opposite to the hero or the other characters whether they're heroes or not it's how well you remember them I mean, that's that's part of, to me, what makes slasher so great is they're so iconic. They're so memorable and each for different reasons. Plus, I can watch it without, you know, being scared. I flinch a little, but I can enjoy them. Yes. But I'm still remembering them like, oh, man, like the way that, you know, Michael will sit up straight. Like, it's a little like, oh, that's a little disturbing. That's not normal. But you're always going to remember that. Mm-hmm. And that's just iconic. So I love, love that. Absolutely. If they can just crawl into your brain. And they never leave. And that is personally what I think is a great way to create a villain and just keep them coming back. And like we said, Handsome Jack just keeps coming back for more more DLCs, more stuff like that. And that's the type of thing that can lead to you increasing your TV show or your movie franchise is developing something that you don't settle into, where... I am terrified of zombies, so I don't like them, but when you keep doing it over and over and over again, like 200 seasons of The Walking Dead, it doesn't become scary anymore. You're like, ah, zombie, next question. Ah, zombie, Mm -hmm. next question. Ooh, ghost. Boo, ha, dee dee. I definitely, I fell off of Walking Dead. I never watched it because I don't like zombies, but like, that's the like it's desensitized and the story's yeah. probably cool enough but it's just like the walking dead is less about the zombies and more about the characters themselves that's kind of how i saw most zombie media especially memorable zombie media is about that and i fell off the walking dead after sorry spoiler rick's wife died and he suddenly became a very completely different person who had no feelings and i'm just like i don't I don't care about you anymore. Mm-hmm. This makes me, I don't care about you. But the Walking Dead games, I cared about those characters. Those were good. I cared about them. And the zombies are, it's its an interesting thing where, because we're on a villains podcast, I feel like I got to loop back to it. Zombies, it's hard to even classify them as villains. They're like a force of yes. nature. They're like a They're the mob. Yeah, they're the mob. I mean, un- unlike Resident Evil, where Resident Evil's like, no, we're going to give you some really cool villains, and we're going to make sure that they have the best fashion. I stand by <laughs> that the Umbrella Corporation, especially, not just like, I mean, obviously all the villains are Resident Evil, but especially the Umbre- any character associated with the Umbrella Corporation, plays. We love a dress to the nines villain. 
In the films, too, I stand by the original Mila Jovovich films. Maybe not necessarily the way they ended the last one. That's its own... That's, frankly, its own PowerPoint and podcast. But my favorite look... I'm actually planning on doing a YouTube video breaking this down, but my favorite look that Mila Jovovich has in that entire film franchise is Alice. Six films, twice as many costumes is the outfit they give her in the fifth movie in Retribution, where she has this black bodysuit with these buckles and the Umbrella Corp logo on it. I'm like, of course, the outfit that Umbrella gives her is the best outfit she wears in the entire franchise. If the villains got drip, I'm in. I mean, yeah, Excella and Wesker and, and Resident Evil 5 alone? Oh, man, talk about a power couple, as then he trans- makes her transform into a giant, horrifying tentacle monster. Well, this, uh, tentacle monsters are a different day. <laughs> we don't have time to unpack those. I mean, if we're talking about monster villains, one of the greatest, well, I wouldn't say greatest. Well, maybe. Davy Jones, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, well, I mean, we love a good Davy design. Jones. That's a fabulous character design. If we're talking about tentacle monsters, Davy Jones, he's a great when monster. Give, when you give a villain an, an iconic character design, that is everything, which my favorite char- creature design, character design, creature design, maybe ever, is uh, Modor or Muta, whichever way you want to call it. It depends upon which source you're looking at it from the ritual. It's the creature from the ritual. It's a Netflix movie. I read the book, but the movie's phenomenal. And it's supposed to be the ch- a child of Loki. And it's creature design. It's it's like, I can't, I almost can't even describe it. It's the head of it alone. It's like tor- human body torso on top. But then like the antlers kind of look like person doing this with their arms. But then they turn <sighs> I love antlers. antlers. And then the, oh yeah, I love a deer character. And then like the bottom of the head, has these two other arms with like a little like these beady eyes that pop out and the arms will like reach out but then like the rest of the body is more like horse or moose like and it's got it's just it's hard to describe this creature other than it being one of the most impeccable creature designs i've ever seen in my entire life and the film personally i love the film because it does a lot of stuff that plays with your mind the creature you don't see through most of the movie, like one of the first times you really see it is the character looking like through the trees. You know how sometimes when you're in the forest and there's lots of like thin trees, yes. he's looking and you're also looking at it too, like, okay, why is it zooming in? Why am I looking? And then you see a hand move and you're like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And it also plays a lot with like blending of scenery, blending a drugstore with forest, but that's its own thing because that's Muda's, Mordor's special powers is playing with your head. Mm -hmm. And oh, iconic, iconic character design. Mm -hmm. Well, if we, if you guys, listeners, viewers, have any other iconic character designs that we haven't mentioned, I'd love to hear about them down below and we can do more in depth conversations about them as well. But um, some honorable mentions style villains or even type of villains that you are playing the hero the whole time, but it turns out you weren't. And you're like, oh, I thought that I was the good guy. And if you haven't played this game yet, it's my personal favorite game ever in the entire world. This is the entire series of Nier. The whole time you play Nier, you think you're a good guy. But the point of Nier is that you are the villain the whole time. So any story where you're like, yeah, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. And then it turns out they're like, oh, I'm the killer. Oh. And then you sit there at the end of the game and the title sequence going and you're like, I don't feel good about anything that just happened. (laughs) No part of me feels okay right now. I love a good trick. So that's the mm-hmm. that falls into like the thriller, the mystery category of where like I believed this, I believed I was wrong. I was wrong. I was very wrong. So that's like knives out where you're trying to guess mm-hmm. who the villain is and then you reveal it and you're like, geez, no way I didn't <laughs> see that coming. And just the whole time I'm playing the good guy. I'm the murderer. I killed the whole village. Everyone said because of me, it's all my fault. Okay, anyway, I'm gonna go lose sleep for the next two weeks thinking about the ethical choices I just made. <laughs> 
Oh, I absolutely feel that about the Bioshock series, too. I won't spoil yes! Bioshock because I think it is one of the best well-kept spoilers ever. Mm. But all three games, maybe not not so much the second game has a good plot twist. The second game, at the same time, I do love Sophia Lamb as a villain because I just hated her so much. I just sat there, I was like, I hate this woman, I hate her. But then I took a step back and went... Oh, no, that's actually good. That means she's actually a good villain because I'm mm-hmm. so compelled to hate her. But the plot twist of One and Infinite... One shook me to my core. Oh, absolutely. And even Infinite, while Infinite's not obvious... One is the strongest out of the entire franchise. Infinite also has a plot twist where you're like, Oh, I'm not just some dude, huh? Hmm. Like, I I remember the first time I actually ever finished Infinite and I hit that plot twist. I got my wisdom teeth out. So I was on um, on really, really heavy pain medication. Uh, And I was playing the game and I hit the ending, which is where they reveal the plot twist. And like, I couldn't understand. My drugged up brain was like, wait. And all the other games have different endings, so I thought I had gotten a bad ending. Oh! So I'm, like, sitting there crying, going, No! I'm, like, with, like, imagine, like, the little, like, puffy cheeks, too. <laughs> like, the little, like, just heavily medicated high schooler, just crying. I literally restarted the game and, like, was Googling, are there multiple endings to Infinite? What can I oh, do? no! But the, I just I have a special love, especially of games I need because Bioshocks are classics. Me. Oh, and it's a good twist. They're good twists. They're very good. All three games have great enemies, iconic villain characters. It's just well done. Very well done. And I think the last topic we should talk about is what you just mentioned. It gave me an idea of villains that you really, really hate. And you're like, man, I really, really hate that. And then you go, wow, it's because they're a good villain. That's why I hate them. But sometimes that can go too far. Mm -hmm. And I know I keep mentioning it, but this show had like a huge impact on me at the age I was watching it. Game of Thrones. The fact that like there's so many good villains in it. But in particular, I'm talking about Joffrey. Now, he was an unhinged type of villain and i'm more opposed to a thinking ramsey bolton's worse than joffrey Mm -hmm. joffrey was just a brat kid and he was really mad but it's the fact that like you hate a villain so much that you end up taking it out on the actor or the voice actor and it's like yes you can really hate the villain but it's not the person playing the villain and it's happened to quite a few celebrities and developers that they're like i hated this villain so much and they freak out and it's like you need to learn to differentiate hate between hateful appreciation is like i was scared of you i was terrified of you you did such a good job of acting but the actor for joffrey is just a kid mm-hmm. he put on a performance of a lifetime to make you hate him so much that you gave him death threats that's not the way that these conversations are supposed to go now the game developer doesn't want to produce the next game because you hated the villain in bioshock 2 so now they're never gonna bring her back it's like well it's because it was so good you should be like i hated her because it was good and it's it's a weird conversation to have where it's like you need to get out of your brain of like attacking somebody and being like you were so bad in the way you were good you sold the show I think it also can be extended to cosplayers, too. Yes! You'll take it out on a cosplayer. Oh, my goodness. Like, my Ava cosplay from Borderlands, she's not a villain, Ah. but everybody treats her like she is worse than Handsome Jack. Like, she is... And I'm like, she's a 14-year-old, 14, 15-year-old kid who has lost her family twice i'm sorry i don't know about you but i wasn't really a great person at the age of 14 and it seems (laughs) no some of these people never grew up past that so it's just some of the online hate never got it in person but some of the online hate that i got just for cosplaying ava i'm just like why she's a child cosplaying in general lady it just it's it's so sad when you do get these amazing performances and then they just get bullied into oblivion and like i appreciate actors who who you know will will play along with it but especially to do that to you know younger actors like what happened with joffrey to do that to uh female actors and actresses like when you start to make it like 
extra sexist or targeted and just like a really like na- extra triple nasty way. I, uh, and it can be career ending. Mm-hmm. And even in the effect of cosplayers, it can make them not want to go out anymore. Because I know plenty of cosplayers, even myself, who've cosplayed characters that aren't necessarily so well-loved, but you appreciate the art of what they did or how good they did their performance. And then people just walk around going like, Ooh, you're villain! I killed you in your game! And you're like, great! Can we appreciate the art that I made? It took me 300 hours. And they're like, well, I killed you. And you're like, cool, it cost me a grand. Um, I'm, I'm going to retire now. Thanks for, thanks for the appreciation. Congratulations, you beat the video game. And you're trying to make someone feel bad. Congratulations. Yeah. Who's the real villain now? There you go. Who's the real villain? Is it me dressed as the villain or is it you for being a terrible person to me? (laughs) I want to do a huge thank you to Horror Queen Cosplay for joining me today and talking about video game villains, movie villains, and TV show villains. If you guys have any other villains or things that you want us to talk about and have Horror Queen come back, which we have other plans to do so as well. So whether you want them or not, they're coming back. Um, if you have any other suggestions on this type of topic, let it me know down in the comments, suggestions, polls below in any description. Remember, this podcast is available on Apple Music, Amazon Music, and Spotify, and the videos will be uploaded to YouTube as well. Um, my social medias, as well as Horror Queen Cosplay social medias, will be linked down in the description. And thank you so much for listening, if you were listening. If not, nobody listens to me anyway. So welcome to this show And I hope you come back and leave a like, subscribe. But for now, we're clocking out. So we'll see you next time.